Welcome to the latest episode of American Hauntings, the podcast dedicated to the history, hauntings, legends, and lore of America's past. Hosted by Cody Beck and Troy Taylor, our first season explores the hauntings of Alton, Illinois, one of the most haunted small towns in America. This is the second of a special two-part episode about the infamous Alton Penitentiary, the first prison in Illinois and one of the most brutal Confederate prisons during the Civil War. The Alton Penitentiary, which had opened as the first prison in Illinois, was opened in 1833 and remained in operation until it closed down 26 years later, amid accusations of death, malfeasance, and abuse. The horrible conditions of the penitentiary remain a black mark on the city's history, and it is the prison itself that has become famous as a place where death came calling for literally hundreds of men. It's a place where, even today, the dead do not rest in peace. The closure of the Alton Penitentiary began in 1859, and within a year, the buildings were abandoned, but they would not remain that way for long. In the early days of the Civil War, Alton became a military post, thanks to its strategic location on the Mississippi River. In an effort to ease the overcrowding at Confederate prisoner of war camps in St. Louis, Major General Henry Halleck obtained permission from Illinois Governor Richard Yates to reopen the Alton Penitentiary. The filthy prison was still unfit for human habitation, but in its present situation, it passed military inspection. Soldiers set fire inside of the prison to try and clean the place out, and a few days later, on February 9, 1862, the first Confederate prisoners arrived. Three days later, the prison was already overcrowded. By the time it had closed down, the Alton Penitentiary had been enlarged to hold a maximum of about 800 men, but throughout most of the war, it held between 1,500 and 2,000 men at a time. The heat and cold were brutal, there were food shortages, there was a lack of medical care, there was not enough blankets for all the prisoners, rats, lice, fleas infested everything. There was no water supply inside of the prison, so the men were forced to drink contaminated river water. This caused outbreaks of dysentery and cholera, which filled the understaffed hospital. The prisoners suffered and starved, and then in the summer of 1863, they began to die. New prisoners arrived from St. Louis who carried the smallpox virus. Now, smallpox was a deadly disease that was spread through direct contact, which was impossible to avoid in the prison's close quarters. And a man could have it for two weeks without knowing it, and he would spread it to every man that he met. The prisoners began to get sick, and soon both they and the Union soldiers guarding them began to die. Before it was over, the disease spread into the city of Alton itself. Officials immediately quarantined the prison and refused to allow anyone, no matter how sick, to leave. As many as five prisoners died every single day of the epidemic. With no prisoners being allowed outside of the prison, dead or alive, soldiers turned an old shed on the compound into a dead house. When it filled, they began stacking the bodies along the prison's south wall. One prisoner wrote in his journal that the dead men were stacked up like cordwood. As the situation became more deplorable thanks to the heat and humidity of the summer, the dead men were buried along the wall. To this day, those bodies have never been removed. As the epidemic grew worse, the military commandeered a summer house on Sunflower Island, a small piece of land in the Mississippi River. They turned it into a pest house for men who were fatally ill with the disease, and it was also soon overcrowded. Healthy prisoners were forced to act as hospital attendants and stretcher bearers. 
Prisoners feared going to the island, afraid they would never return. Those who died were buried there in shallow, sandy graves that have never been marked. Over time, portions of the island washed away thanks to the ever-changing channels of the Mississippi River, and it's now part of the Missouri shoreline. Legends say that the ghosts of the men who died on Sunflower Island, or Smallpox Island as it became known to the locals, still haunt that small stretch of trees, rocks, and sand. But that's not the only place where the dead still walk. The epidemic continued to rage at the prison for several more months. Only the intervention of an order of nuns, the Daughters of Charity, brought the epidemic to an end. They demanded better medical supplies, a clean hospital, and proper burials for the dead. By late 1864, the epidemic was under control and the Alton Penitentiary quietly struggled through to the end of the war. After the South surrendered, the penitentiary was closed down and abandoned, and between 1870 and 1875, the walls and some of the buildings were torn down. The stones were hauled away to build railroad bridges and pave the roads in several Missouri towns. The area where the prison was located, in the shadow of the main prison buildings, which were still standing, was turned into a public park and playground. Children played and families picnicked where men had suffered and died only a few years before. People gathered in the park, played games, and listened to public concerts, perhaps never considering the terrible events that occurred exactly where they were standing. In those days, the crumbling prison remained at the back of the lot, slowly falling into ruin. As you might imagine, the temptation to explore the place was just too great to resist, and quite a number of people wandered inside to explore the empty corridors and abandoned cells, well, only to find the prison was not as empty as they'd first believed. Stories began to be told of ghostly voices, strange sounds, screams, eerie moaning and weeping that came from places where no living person could be found. A search for an earthly source for the weird noises could never be discovered, and in addition to the sounds, some told stories of spectral figures that wandered about the property. They were men, dressed in rags, who stumbled about and had the chilling habit of vanishing whenever they were approached or confronted. They would be there one moment and then gone the next, and even after the old prison yard was turned into a parking lot, it seemed to have little effect on their appearance and disappearance. The prison was haunted, locals believed, and these became some of the first publicly told ghost stories of Alton. The disturbing tales continued for decades, even up to the time when the remaining portions of the penitentiary were demolished and after. Even in recent years, passerby have claimed to see the apparitions of men still lingering at the penitentiary site. It's as if the past refuses to give up the hold that it has on this spot and continues to repeat itself over and over again, perhaps as a way of forcing us to remember what occurred at a place where man's inhumanity to his fellow man left a terrible mark. Have you ever wanted to learn a new language? And I don't mean like spells or incantations to trap spirits, you weirdos. I mean like a new language that could help you start communicating with more people on this plane today then I need to tell you about Rosetta Stone. Look, you know the brand, you know the name. They have the expertise and a 30-year legacy, which makes them more qualified than ever to help you learn a new language today. They've helped millions of people build the fluency and confidence to speak new languages. Now, this is the part where Troy would tell me that I made some kind of grammatical error, but he's not here right now, so like, I don't know, it's like speaking tongues. Rosetta Stone focuses on speaking practice for real-life scenarios to get you ready for real conversations with real people. 
or maybe you can even learn how to use some different types of Ouija boards. I don't know. Either way, Rosetta Stone can help you learn faster and retain your new language better. Honestly, Rosetta Stone really would have come in handy for season four of New Orleans because I know we butchered some of those French names and I apologize once again. Now you all know I have a nine to five job when I'm not at the podcast factory and Rosetta Stone actually helped me not make a total fool out of myself while I was in Brazil interviewing celebrities. Obrigado. And now I want to help you. So don't put off learning that new language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, American Hauntings podcast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Rosetta Stone, how language is learned. Wait, by the way, Troy, like where do words come from? Hey, no, don't, 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 don't walk away. Oh, Troy, where do words, how, how? With me is Coke. Fuck. Sorry. <laughs> I don't want to say it with me once again. I can't keep. <laughs> and I also have episode three in here, so I just I know I'm I trying to remember, too. I'm trying to remember what episode everything. Yeah. Okay. Um, see, I I don't know how you you like change it up and don't read exactly what's on here sometimes. Like uh, I'm impressed. I have to sometimes I see it coming. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, we still good? Yeah, you're rolling. All right. Get it together. All right. Welcome to American Hauntings Podcast, where we discuss history, hauntings, legends, lore, and all things paranormal. You are listening to Episode 6 of Season 1, covering the hauntings of Alton, Illinois. I'm your co-host, Cody Beck, and with me, my co-host is author, historian, crime buff, and founder of American Hauntings, Troy Taylor. So, Troy, what you're telling me (laughs) is we have a lot of missing bodies all over Alton. We do. We do. Um, Not just in Alton, but um, out on the Missouri shoreline now, when right. what used to be the island. Thanks to the river. Yeah, it's, you know, when they um, they put in the original locks and dams, and at that point they sort of destroyed Sunflower Island. Um, right. That island was, I mean, it wasn't much of an island. It was pretty small. It sounds like a peaceful, nice it, place. Well, it was. I mean, it was. A, it had a cottage on it that belonged to uh, Henry McPike, as a matter of fact. Oh, okay. The owner of, the, well, who would be the future owner after the Civil War right. of the McPike Mansion. But uh, he actually owned that property and had a summer house out there. He and his family would go out there when it would get too hot in Alton, get away from the mosquitoes, and go out on the river. Visit the dead bodies? Well, no. Yeah. Well, there were no dead bodies yet. Gotcha. This was prior to that and the military just sort of took it over because they needed a place that was close by they could float rafts and take the prisoners out there who was sick right and really didn't have to worry about getting them back because i don't think they ever had any intention of returning the really fatally ill men right and they just buried them out there in the sand and um they just stayed there i mean for for like 70 years uh, by then, the, the the river had changed course several times, but when mm-hmm. they put in the, the old locks and dams, yeah. and if you look out on the river, you see they left one of the, you know, the supports out there. It's oh, still yeah. out there. Yeah. And that was the, where they put the original one. And when they did, they did a lot of digging and a lot of moving of sand and earth and stone. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those bodies began washing out wow. of the sand. Um, kids used to go out there, and these are stories from the newspaper. This isn't, you know, this isn't me remembering back in back in 1935. Back in um, this is, I mean, in the stories in the paper talked about kids going out there and then bringing home bones. 
I mean, they would go out there and, ooh, look, a cool skull. I'm going to take it home. And, you know, there were mothers who found boxes of bones in their kids' closets. And, that's, I mean, they would go out there and just pick this stuff up. That's a warning sign right there. Yeah, well, first you would but, think so. But second, I In went, a Norman Bates kind of way, exactly. in my opinion. I went out but, playing in the woods and in the river all the time, and I never once found a dead body. I'm really disappointed. <laughs> You're starting to I feel, feel like really... My, I was robbed in yeah, my childhood. Yeah, deprived. So, so this island, though, just to be clear, is not one of the ones that's out there now, correct? No, right now, since... what's out there now... It, well, Sunflower Island is now the Lincoln Shields Recreation Area. When you okay. go across the Clark Bridge into Missouri, yeah. the very first right turn, that's Sunflower Island. Um, it's connected to the shoreline, and, and, it, and it got its name, and this is a long story, but Lincoln, um, Abraham Lincoln and a man named James Shields were going to have a duel there in the 1840s. That's so um, badass. Over a bunch of letters that were written. Because back then, I mean, if you you got mad about something, rather than be outraged on Twitter, right. like we are now, oh, you I just challenge someone to a duel. I love that. It, and I think it takes politicians the did down. it all the time. Which, see, if we still had that custom... People wouldn't be well, think bullshitting of, think on the of internet. Things, the things that would be going on in Washington right now. If you knew when you did something <laughs> stupid, someone could challenge you to a duel. Right. Uh, I think it would behave, it curb a lot of bad behavior oh, in Washington. Gosh. But anyway... So Lincoln, you know, had written these letters criticizing Shields, who was the treasurer of Illinois at the time, uh, because I'm sure that, you know, even though it was the 1840s, Illinois was already broke. Um, So, you know, and then he challenged him to a duel and they went out to this island because it was duels were illegal in Illinois. uh, But the island was technically because it was in the middle of the river. It wasn't Illinois or Missouri. Uh. So they could have a duel out there. And when they got out there, the, the the challenge was that they would fight this duel with swords. And Shields took a look at how long Lincoln's arms were. And went, right. you know, this seemed like a really He's bad got the plan. reach on him. And they, uh, they, they settled their differences. But so now it's got the name Lincoln Shields. But that is Sunflower Island out there. And yes, there are still bodies out there. Um, they didn't mark that as a resting place for confederate dead until i believe 1995 wow so it was a long time afterward it took a long time before they designated it but there there is a marker out there now but and it is still you know stories say you know as far as the legends go it is still said to be haunted by the ghosts of these soldiers and you know it was it was regarded as being haunted all the way back in the 1860s when the war was over right because locals started calling it smallpox islands people didn't want to go out there because again we didn't really have an idea of how these diseases were spread back then. Right. I mean, I think in New Orleans they were still firing cannons into the clouds to scare away the the, the bad diseases. Uh. So I mean, you know, it wasn't people didn't really know how this stuff was being spread. So um, people just avoided it, and, and the ghosts were just sort of a periphery thing. I think people were more afraid of the disease than they were of the ghosts. So that's so. that's the downside of living in a time when you could still duel with swords, is that people thought you could cure <laughs> yeah, diseases. Right, right by that you shoot. would die from like a you know at least fifty different things on a daily basis. So ridiculous. You know, all these illnesses like smallpox that had not yet been eradicated. But um, but yeah, those so those bodies are still out there somewhere. There's also um, as far as we know from the records, and uh, in, in Haunted Alton, I actually quote from some of the journals that were written by prisoners, which I find com- I find interesting. Oh, Don't you find that compelling? No, that, that was one of my I favorite mean, really, parts of the and book. there were a lot of these guys who left these journals. You're in a prison camp as a prisoner of war. It's hell on earth, and yet you've still got the idea 
to, I mean, it was, man, it was a different time. Yeah. I and mean, you've got the idea that you should keep a journal of this. Yeah. Because someday someone will want to read it. And a lot of these guys did. It's probably all you have, too. Yeah, I guess. You know, I think you're probably right. And also a lot of these guys that when you find, for the most part, not always, but when you find these journals written about these prison camps, they're usually done by officers mm. who had a little bit better conditions than just the enlisted men. But yeah. when you're talking about a, a confined space like the Alton Penitentiary, I imagine anybody's experience there was horrible. Oh, it's got to be miserable. But one of the one of the prisoners wrote in his journals that bodies of the dead men who could not be removed from the prison were buried right there inside the prison next to the wall, right along the walls. Those bodies were, I have found zero record of anywhere that says they were ever moved. Right, so where is that now, um, That wall would be, well, where the monument is that mm -hmm. runs along William Street there, yeah. you know, on that, that little corner, and then that's a parking lot all the way up until you get to kind of the edge of the bluff. Now, yes. that was the prison yard area mm -hmm. down in that low part of the parking lot. And then the parking lot kind of goes up uh, an incline, and on the top of the incline were the main buildings. Okay. So it was kind of like behind that those little trees right there. If yeah. You, and this is for anyone. This is a now we're doing theater of the mind here, yeah. um, describing things no one can see. And if you're listening to this and you've never been to Alton, I'm sorry. Right. Um, if you have been, and if you you've can gone see the drinking downtown, lot, you know yes, what we're talking about. You though. can see there's a little hill. The prison was on top of it, but that that yard area was surrounded by the wall. And there were smaller buildings down there. At mm -hmm. one time, the warden's house was located at the uh, far end of the lot. Like if you walked into the lot to your right, you'd find the warden's house. But there were small buildings like the hospital, the blacksmith shop, uh, barrel maker. Some of that stuff was down in the lower area, which was the area that would often become flooded. Right. It's also where the uh, water supply was kept. They had to haul the water out of the river because there was no well inside the prison. Poor planning. Right. Uh, hauled the river water in, dumped it in a confinement tank, which is really just a, a boards on the ground and it's then it would hole. evaporate. Yeah. And the latrine was right next to it. Ah. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, I guess you could, you know, one stop shopping there. Right. But on the other hand, that just seems like a bad idea. Um, but again, Hindsight no one knew how these diseases were spread. So, but anyway, somewhere down in that lower part of the parking lot would have been where the edge of the wall was. And that was where, according to the prisoners, they buried some of the dead and mm. never moved them. That's crazy because we we have a name for that parking lot, which is unfortunate, and I won't say it. But I've parked there multiple times, and it's a, just a creepy place. It is kind of a creepy in place. General. I mean, it's it's lit. There are several there are several streetlights there, but they don't really seem to do a lot of good. They don't. Um, they really don't. Yeah. It's and it's and usually if those grain elevators down along the river are are running. It, they're deafening. They're so loud and right. with that hum. So you've got this weird, you know, you've got this weird electric hum in one ear. You've got the hum of the lights in the other. And the lights aren't doing any good to get rid of all the darkness and shadows down there. And right. it's just, it, it is a creepy spot. It really I never is. knew that I was just parking over dead bodies yeah. all the time. Or at least, if not bodies every square foot there, which I don't think there probably are. But even so, think of how the horrible things that happened there. Yeah. So, and I always think about, I think they, and I, they turned it into a park. I mean, a, yeah. a, a park. And then, and to make like, to make the matters worse, uncle Remus park oh. on the spot where you're keeping Confederate prisoners. Right. I mean, there's just something wrong there yeah. with the whole idea um, of having band concerts and picnics 
I mean, this was like 10 years later. This isn't like now. I mean, you know, 150 years later, they turned it into a park. No, this was 10 years after all of this happened. And, you know, people are coming down there and having a picnic. You know, on top of the latrine or something, you right. know, I mean, it's, it's just a di not different time. Like you said, I guess different time. Real yeah, estate absolutely. was tight. Different they, time, they did what man. they had to do. Yeah. Well, so that it, it brings up one thing that I think is one of the most uh, the, the biggest misconceptions, I think, about the Alton hauntings. And we talk a lot about, um, you know, water and limestone and things like that and, and their association with the paranormal and hauntings and things. But I know there's a big uh, misconception that I'd really like to ask you about and kind of clear up that people say that some of the stone from the prison those stones were used to build different buildings in Alton so people say oh well the hauntings kind of move from place to place with yeah. that stone but but there's a big controversy about that and I think you're the best well, person Well it's to not clear even it a controversy because it's it's an utterly blatant made up thing and it wasn't a story that got started here in Alton it was a story that got started in 1999 by that I don't know if you remember that television show hosted by Linda Blair and the voiceover was from the Zelda yeah. Rubenstein from Poltergeist. She was the exorcist. Uh, right. She was from the exorcist. Right. Okay. And it was Scariest Places on Earth. Right. And they came here to Alton and they shot an episode. And um, they had asked, originally had asked myself and Sonny, this was in 99, we still had the trolley tours, to do something for the show, and which was fine. It, that was not a problem. What was a problem is that on the show, they wanted me to say that when the prison was torn down, that the bricks were used to build the Mineral Springs, mm -hmm. the McPike Mansion, and I can't remember what else. Oh, the church, the First Unitarian Church. Right. They wanted me to say that that's, those bricks were used to build those buildings. And I said, yeah, but that's not true. I mean, that's the, the prison was still standing. The McPike Mansion was already built. And right. it would be another you know 45 years before you know, the mineral springs or the church were built and those stones were long gone. Where do they get this idea? I, I don't know. I, some producer, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, I could, we could do an entire podcast on nothing but me and bad encounters Being with stupid producers. And I'm using air quotes on that because yeah. most of them are usually just some flunky who works, you know, at some production company that wants you to do, wants you to do their job for them essentially. Right. But anyway, in this particular show, this is what they wanted us to say. And I said, I'm not going to say that. Okay, well, could you say that they might have been used? I said, no, because they weren't. And they're like, well, that, but that's the theme we want to go for. I said, I know, but your theme's wrong. Right. Why can't we bad. just go with the fact that these things are, this, these things are, these places are haunted? So it, it just never got off the ground. And so I just said, I'm, I'm done. I'm not going to do this. And, um, the sh and I thought, well, maybe they'll, not do this. Maybe no one will cooperate with mm -hmm. this. Oh no, they did it anyway. So, and there's, and it's not anyone local who says it. It's, it's the voiceover on the show says it. So they just made it up. Right. But unfortunately there were people who grabbed a hold of that and started using it for their, their own purposes. Right. Let's put it that way. Cash and, out on yeah, that why? And started using that. And the stories just sort of caught on, even though, because I mean, I'll be honest with you, people don't would much rather believe the exciting story than the true story which may not be quite as exciting but it's actually accurate right and i mean you know you can we can point to how many different instances of that starting with the amityville horror to you know all kinds of things that you know what what's real and what's not right. and that part of the story while these are haunted buildings documented haunted buildings uh, they don't have anything to do with the prison and, right or with the stones from the prisons so, well that's that kind yeah. of summarizes almost why I wanted to do this podcast in the first place because I, I really wanted to separate the 
the myth from you know the actual historical records and then also just the blatant lies yeah from i mean legends really are one thing and the lore is one thing and and you know we talked about that in in the the half dozen episodes we've done so far we've often talked about you know these legends are great and you know and they but they you know if something that seems to have a seed of truth mm-hmm. i'm not going to sit and tell you that i know for a fact something happened right uh, but that's what the legend is and that's that's part of what we do is legends and lore but when i know that something is being said that it's absolutely not true or you know when you can't find any kind of basis for where these stories get pulled out of thin air then you have to, you know, yeah, I, I feel like you have to say something. So if you don't say something, then you're as bad as the people who are making up the stories to start with, right. you know? So, yeah, so I, I agree with you on that. No, so I'm, I'm glad. I mean, I admire you for not not doing that. that that's, that's great. <laughs> okay, well, I guess we should wrap things up. We, uh, we turned the Alton Penitentiary into two episodes because I couldn't figure out a way to make it into one. So, There's too much know, going we, on. Two, two great episodes. I think that this was one of, a couple of my favorites, I think. So um, so thanks, everybody, for listening. We, we appreciate you uh, you tuning in for another episode. Uh, please share this with your friends. Please pass it on to other people that you think might be interested. Post it on your Facebook page. Put a link up to our website. Anything. Uh, we really appreciate it. Give us a review on iTunes. Um, any kind of iTunes reviews always move up our, our placement, make us easier to find in the iTunes store, and, and that really helps us out. So um, I'm going to sign off, and uh, I'm going to let Cody wrap things up, but thanks again for listening. For sure. If you don't like the show, then the iTunes reviews are broken, so come back later. <laughs> exactly. Um, only four- and five-star reviews. <laughs>